Citizen Critic is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis. Musso and Frank's Grill, the famed L.A. steakhouse. This review is solely for the <laughs> vegan options. <laughs> At a king steakhouse. Oh, boy. There is one thing you can eat, and that is it. It's also jammed and full of tourists. Yeah. YMMV. You're making me vegan. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Citizen Critic, once upon a time in Hollywood, critic Rex Reed can't get hired by newspapers, will work for Jujubees. <laughs> L.A. Steakhouse Musso and Franks provides an alibi for what we presume to be a grisly vehicular homicide. And the spirit of El Coyote Restaurant reveals itself to one lucky diner. <laughs> Spark up the acid-laced joints and prime the flamethrower... This is Citizen Critic. Welcome to this episode of Citizen Critic. I'm Scott Janovitz. And I'm Greg Kong. Well, Greg, this is our introduction to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, which mm -hmm. we've already recorded. Yes. Uh, we've had this conversation that you're about to hear already. We have. We have. Uh, watched the Oscars last night, or at least well, kind of, kind uh, of I mean, yeah. scanned the Oscars. Yeah. And uh, Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor. He did, which was my guess. Yeah. That, that, was, my, that was my triumph. We both, Brad and I both won equally. Because yeah. I thought he was going to win. Yeah. And he did. You're both winners. In my book. You know. Our lives parallel each other so much. We'll do a little Oscar uh, revisited uh, recap at the end of the episode. Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, just to kind of tally up our miserable scores. You don't do the work, you don't get the reward. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I thought it was a pretty strong contender for Best Picture. It was not my pick and it did not win, but it was, uh, you'll hear, you'll hear our uh, opinions seep into the pitiful Rex Reed oh. review that you're about to hear. Yep. It was only after we had this conversation that I realized what a monumental prick little Rex bit. Reed is. A <laughs> little bit. You forwarded me that, that thing about him and it was yeah. like, well, I can't remember it now. Like, what was it? He, 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 uh, it was a conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory about Marissa Tomei, which we all kind of remember, but yeah. little did we know that it was, it, it he was like the, the birther. He was he was the birther. Yeah. Marissa Tomei's Oscar win. Right, right. Suggesting that it was all a mistake that Jack Palance yeah. had misread it and they were too embarrassed. Which right, is right. Just so fucking it's, preposterous. It's just insane. Yeah. Um what a prick. Like how And then and then, you know, the Pricewaterhouse. Coopers came out, all everybody came out and said, No, this is not possible. This yeah. is what happened. This is what would happen if somebody read it wrong. Yeah. And in, and in, in, pre, in subsequent <laughs> years, we've seen that. Well, it, but where it, they read it wrong and they came yeah. out and said, no, 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 that's not right. But it also, it's not like, you know, Marissa Tomei was nominated with like Maria Thornley. Like there was no one's other name that was like so close to Marissa Tomei. Oh, right, right, right. Like right. that's a pretty specific name. Maria Thornley. <laughs> or whoever, you know. <laughs> I imagine that would look like Jack. I love her. <laughs> I love her later work. Yep. I love her early work. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that, you know, it's to put that on Jack Palance. No, that's just so ridiculous and insulting. And he's such a prick for <laughs> just keeping on and never going back and apologizing. Yeah. And then he went on to, to Marissa Tomei or Maria Thornley. No, nor Melissa McCarthy, who he oh. called, you know, all sorts of derogatory, uh, fat I, shaming names. I did not see that. Yeah. He, Rex. in a review, wrote mean things about her. Really? And not just like that she was overweight, but like, you know. I don't know. Derogatory slang terms for a uh, larger person. Perhaps that's, that's why Rex is no longer at 
Major publications. Yes. Yeah. It cannot have helped his career because that it was that. And then also <laughs> last night's best actress, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. When she first showed up after a few years kind of out of the limelight, people were like, oh, wow, she looks different. And of course, it was because she had aged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happens. And he just went in on her. Really? The way she looked. She, it's, he said that she looked like... Um, it said that she looked like she was wearing a like a badly made Renee Zellweger mask. Oh boy, that's yeah. just her face. What a fucking asshole. Okay, now I'm gonna be searching out shitty Rex Reed takes. I'm looking because... for ways to be mean to Rex Reed. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> I don't think we were mean enough to him in this review. Although we were mean to him. <laughs> we were. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't quite uh, a Renee Zellweger mask crack, but I mean. No. No, no, no. You know, his film credits include The Gong Show. The Gong Show, yeah. His film credits. <laughs> you will hear Greg try and make a case mm-hmm. that uh, Rex Reed is also <laughs> equally known as an actor. As in front of the camera, yeah. <laughs> two sport athletes. Two sport athletes is what I call them. I believe you said. Yeah. All right, so um, enjoy our uh, dissection of uh, Asshole Rex Reed's (laughs) review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, our feature presentation. So this is a review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by famed movie critic Rex Reed. Movie critic and actor. Actor? He's acted in some things. Has he? Yeah. What? I can't remember right now. <laughs> he was he played himself in one movie and Well, that's that's not acting. Well, but it's you know, like <laughs> he's been in a couple of movies, yeah. He has a couple of movie credits to his name. Hmm. Do I, should I Google it? Mm, let me bing it. <laughs> bing! <laughs> He's not going to be awake. He's not awake at this time. (laughs) So he acted in the movie version of Gore Vidal's Myra Breckenridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, Also appeared in the Superman films in 1978 as himself. Uh I mean, that was like the crest (laughs) of his fame. Um, He was in Irreconcilable Differences. Acting as, as characters? Or as himself no. in all of these. Uh, no, I mean, says just the reconcilable differences. I think he had a character. Hmm. Uh, he was a frequent guest on the gong show in the late 70s. All right. Why don't you just <laughs> won't go ahead and put that down? <laughs> I have not, I've heard no solid evidence. <laughs> he's, he's been on the other side of the camera. That Rex Reed. Yeah. That you should interrupt somebody <laughs> who calls him a movie critic to say, no, no, no. He's also a movie. He was a two-sport a movie athlete. movie star. He was a two-sport athlete. <laughs> Rex Reed, Rex the Reed. Observer. This was in the Observer. He used to write for like the New York Times. And, yeah, he was on yeah. TV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he kicks it off hard. Rancid, preposterous, and hysterically over the top in ideas and execution. Once upon a time, quote unquote, perfectly describes writer director Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. Another hopped up fairy tale like every other Tarantino epic. I don't understand why he's reviewing. Th- he he doesn't like Tarantino. Right. He doesn't like any of his movies. Yeah. So he's, why would he's you like, have- Hey, look, it's my job. <laughs> it's like having my four-year-old nephew <laughs> review fucking vegetables. back and see Tarantino hey. movies time and time again. What do you think about the broccoli? You, like the, you don't like the broccoli. <laughs> How about cauliflower? Do you like cauliflower? Send another reviewer. You don't like it? You don't like it. <laughs> In everything from the ghastly Reservoir Dogs to the screwy Pulp Fiction. Classics. To the vastly superior Inglorious Bastards, the Tarantino oeuvre follows the same pattern. Disorganized scripts that fall all over the screen like scattered newspaper clippings from the days when we still had newspapers. <laughs> what? We, Brex, we still have newspapers. <laughs> and, I bet that's what somebody told him when he got like let go from his last newspaper game. Yeah, uh, that is, they don't have, no, they don't have them anymore. We're doing away with them. Sorry, we'd keep you on. We man. all agreed. We would keep you on, but 
Sorry, we're just not doing newspapers anymore. Newspapers are over, bro. <laughs> Brecht is like, hey, guys, no. No, I didn't get fired. We're just not doing it anymore. <laughs> not doing newspapers anymore. Yeah. It's all digital content. Nobody has the heart to tell them. <laughs> Leading up to one great scene at the end, both wild and scatterbrained enough for delusional critics to label him visionary. <laughs> delusional. Everyone not me. The idea that Tarantino <laughs> thinks that the violent scene at the end of this movie is going to get him labeled visionary. <laughs> when Tarantino is not chasing it's certainly a vision. adjectives anymore. I don't think so, no. He doesn't need Rex Reed to call him visionary. I just like that Rex liked that last scene. Uh, is that what he's saying? Da, I, isn't it? One great scene at the end, yeah. both wild and scatterbrained enough yeah. For delusional critics to label him visionary. That's a that's a range of emotions there in that <laughs> there sentence. There's a little bit of a backhanded, but he did call it great. He did. Maybe I'm an optimist and I would just say, ah, oh, it's a positive thing. I pick out the best word in every sentence and apply it to myself. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. <laughs> say no more. Ah, yes. They're saying I'm greatly disappointed in you. We're on well, the same page. Thank you too, sir. <laughs> agree to agree. <laughs> Hollywood is no exception. Imaginative and awful, it is typical Tarantino. Who else would envision the historic Manson gang massacre that gripped Tinseltown in a vice of horror as comedy? As a comedy. I mean, is he presenting it necessarily as comedy? Uh, There's th a that last scene is definitely... Very comedic. Comedic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. And it's a funny movie. A lot of bad things have happened since 1969. Yeah. I, you know, I think that if we're going to chuckle at something. Yeah. I mean, we have comedians who envision Hitler as comedy. Yeah. Since like tragedy since plus Hitler. time. Yeah. Despite reviews that foam at the mouth about how laugh out loud funny it is. I paid real money to see once upon a time in Hollywood in a real movie theater with a real audience. Why would you and I that? am here to tell you not one person <laughs> uttered a single chuckle. <laughs> during the film or applauded during the end credits. That is the opposite of my that, experience. First of all, for one thing, you're a professional critic. Yeah. Why are you spending your own money? So the paper was like, okay, you clearly hate Tarantino. Right. Not the paper, whatever online thing. We're not going to pay for you to go see this movie. We're not going to have it sent to you. Right. He's like, no, no, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay my own money. I'll pay my own way. I'm going to expense report the jujubes though. <laughs> I'll cover the raisinets. You're taking care of the juju piece. Everybody in my screening thought it was hilarious at the end. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think as a critic you you can drag uh, everyone in the theater. Because some theaters, they're just, they're just not clapping theaters. Right. You know, it's like you get on an airplane and they clap and you land and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, for like, fuck's oh, sake. I'm in one of those groups. <laughs> yeah. I think he just happened to be in a group that. I'm not going to applaud at the end of the movie because because right. we're trying to have a civilization here. <laughs> it's just not what happened. The movie ends. No, it's true. I mean, it's unusual. Yeah. I was not among the people clapping, but I still enjoyed it. So right. maybe it was a bunch of people like me in Rex Reed's screening. Yeah. Or me. Right. I'm not going to react like the actors are going to come out from behind the movie screen and like, oh, there you did hear our clap. Right. Our clapter. <laughs> I definitely did laugh out loud, though. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah, and he's saying these people didn't even do that. I don't know if this is a dismissal or an endorsement. I can only tell you it makes any carefully considered critical assessment impossible. <laughs> Thank God you get paid for it, though. The end. <laughs> One star. <laughs> it makes it impossible. You can't criticize this movie. <laughs> not possible to do. I can't dunk a basketball and I can't criticize this movie. What are we even doing here? There's laws of physics, people. There's nothing <laughs> we could actually do. Oh, you failed in life, Rex Reed. That's Why your... don't we just stop right now? <laughs> Sincerely, Rex Reed. <laughs> it's your entire profession. I can't do it. This is the movie that broke me. Frankly, I find the entire experience baffling and any attempt to <laughs> laugh off the Manson murders as sitcom fodder embarrassing. Embarrassing for whom? Uh, some stuffy old fucking critic who who decides there are things that he's not allowed to find no. fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's it's not making fun of the Manson murders. It's like, wouldn't have been awesome if instead of killing the neighbors, Sharon Tate and all her friends. The murderers got themselves killed. They, they done got themselves murdered. 
It's funny. I think Rex Reed should be happy that Sharon Tate lived. I just don't understand people <laughs> like this. Like, I, I understand not finding something funny, but to decide yeah. that there are things as a category. Untouchable. And it's not funny because of what Soft happened. Pace. No. Wouldn't have been great if this happened instead. Yeah. I mean, it was it was exceptionally violent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not what he's complaining about yet. No, he's complaining about belittling the Manson murders. He says, okay, it's not really about the slaughter of pregnant Sharon Tate and her ill-fated house guests oh, anyway. Thank God. It's about a has-been cowboy star named Rick Dalton and his faithful companion, stunt double and roommate, Cliff Booth. They're not roommates. Cliff Booth lives in a trailer behind a movie right. screen. There was a scene. Whole the, thing about it. It was a whole scene that covered it. It was a, a vivid portrait of Rex his was character. Like, I was turned around in my seat <laughs> watching everyone else watch the movie. I didn't actually see it. He's just bothering everyone around him. Are you enjoying this part? <laughs> I don't like this part. Remember Inglorious <laughs> Bastards? Sir. Yeah, I didn't like that either. But it was better than this. <laughs> they were out of Jujubees. <laughs> Uh, Cliff Booth, who happened by chance to live in the house next door to Tate and Roman Polanski. On the fateful night, the Manson lunatics turned up, seeking revenge on former tenants Candace Bergen and her boyfriend Doris Day's son Terry Melcher. It's just a shocking, that shocking piece of history. Yeah. Looking for Candace Bergen and Terry Melcher. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Producer of the Birds records. <laughs> yeah. And Murphy Brown. And, Good and Lord. The future Murphy Brown. I mean, I honestly think that if they broke into and Candace Bergen was there, they would have met the same end as in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I, can't I think she's such a badass. She <laughs> would. She had a flamethrower. <laughs> I can lace them out. <laughs> I can see yeah. that. Sharon Tate was too nice. There's doubt as to whether um, he really expected that. They still lived there. I think oh, yeah, I think no. he had learned right. by then that they no longer lived there. Yeah, yeah. I started to do Just a little bit. Just decided to give more. them the address that he knew. Yeah. Go to this address and uh, kill the people. Tarantino envisions them invading the wrong house and meeting their third act finale at the hands of the indestructible DiCaprio Pitt duo. Yeah, and they're totally destructible. Not, not indestructible. <laughs> they just happen to be more prepared for this. Uh, Moral? If you're looking for trouble in Hollywood, don't pick on a stunt double. I think that's very wise advice. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that is that I, should be I, I a fortune cookie. Somebody like that would be last on my list of people. Stunt again, doubles, I mean, bikers. Look, if you're looking for trouble, actually, maybe go to go to a stunt double. I guess, yeah. If you're looking, if for you're it. looking for <laughs> yeah, trouble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like Rex has got a, this backwards. If, if you're looking, for, if you're looking for trouble, like you walk into a that's, biker that's bar where and be like. Who wants ass? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Gas, grass, or ass. I've only got one. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that is. Takers? I will. You never. Don't pick on us. Don't pick on us. Don't pick on us. No. Why don't you print up some bumper stickers, Rex? <laughs> Tate is around, played by gorgeous Margot Robbie. But never fear. In Tarantino's scenario, she comes out. Camera ready and invites the cowboy star over for cocktails after he blowtorches the Manson monsters to ashes. It's a goddamn happy ending. With like, a flamethrower. He just happens to keep handy. I think Margot Robbie does a delightful job. He doesn't just happen to keep it handy. It was set up earlier in the movie. Yeah. It was part of a role he played. It didn't come from nowhere. Right. It was in his shed. It was in his pool house. Yeah. It was in his pool house. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's in there when Pitt goes in to get the tools to fix the antenna on the yeah. roof. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a callback. Um, it's what's that famous movie rule? If you show it in the first act, you have to bring it back in the third act or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, that's the happy ending. Sharon Tate lives, invites her neighbors over for cocktails. Yeah, he, that's what he's saying. He's saying, never fear. He just isn't seeing, he's not delineating the divisions between old Hollywood and new Hollywood. The people represented by Rick Dalton yeah. of kind of a fading yeah, yeah. generation and this new generation of swinging people yeah. at the Playboy Mansion. Right. Uh, I think that that's kind of a crucial part of the movie. I think it is too. And I also- And he doesn't seem to see it at all. I also think like an actress like Sharon Tate, we didn't necessarily know much about her. So I feel like her character in the movie was kind of like what we know about her. Yeah, I think that I think that she gets. Maybe I think she gets would. painted with a, a, an appropriate. Yeah, depth. I think it's great. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, yeah, to go to go too much deeper. Uh, yeah, we don't need a character actor like nailing down what Sharon Tate was thinking. Right. We could if for that we could watch the uh, <laughs> Hillary Duff haunting of Sharon Tate, which <laughs> happened to have the bad fortune of coming out the same year as this, and is oh. also believe it or not the apparently Duff. an alternate history. Oh, an alternate theory. Like they win a oh, fight win. with the Manson people. Uh, I see. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, did not get as recognized, and by all accounts, terrible. Should have had a flamethrower. It's a terrible movie. Oh, you don't say. Hillary Duff usually gets those choice bits. Yeah, <laughs> nothing but the top of the cake for her. <laughs> she could do some indie thing that's like what? good. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Duffster has it in her. No, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> She's ha- she's happy to skim off the top of the pool. I think you're probably gonna die well. Uh, blowtorches the Manson monsters to ashes with a flamethrower he just happens to keep handy. Doesn't everybody? But I'm ahead of myself. No actors. No, the guy who showed us where he got it. Yeah, and why he has it. It was an outrageous story of how he got it. Like it's part of the movie. Yeah. Before we get uh, the Technicolor soap opera version headed for prime time. We must suffer through two and a half hours of dropping a multitude of forgotten Hollywood names accompanied by a floating toxic cloud of numbing bubble gum rock. Untrue, man. I think there were a couple of Blue Oyster Cult songs in there. Uh, there was definitely a Deep Purple song. Deep Purple. That's who I'm thinking of. It's a great song. Somebody call my name. I mean, I think I, the thing I love about the soundtrack of this movie is... It's just like somebody pressed record on an L.A. radio station in 1969. Yeah. So there's commercials. It's like very who sells out. Yeah, that's what um, it, he says. He goes in when he's trying to like come up with ideas for movies. He goes into his record room and listens to songs that he thinks could be. Oh, really? In the movie, and so and that's his process. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a little scatterbrained, <laughs> <laughs> but it is based on that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, these are the songs that he remembers from, yeah, from that era, from that time. driving around in LA, listening to the radio and but the commercials are very funny. Commercials are it. great. It's yeah. all so great. Yeah. The fact that there's a radio on almost the entire movie. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fantastic. All right. The movie drags on like a turtle on Valium. Oh, really, really good one. Super Rex. lazy. Ugh. I'll be honest. The first time I read that, I thought it's a turtle. But wait, no, you I haven't thought, heard the rest. I He's on it, Valium. I thought it was a turtle on Viagra because I read it quick and I was like, I was trying to come up with like what he meant by it. And the only thing I could think Dragging was- Dragging a big old boner. He, he got a little turtle boner <laughs> and it lifted him off the ground so he could only ever get one leg on the ground at the same time. So he just spun himself in circles. And then I read it again and I was like, oh, oh Valium. It's just a super lazy- Yeah. And, you know, prejudice against turtles. Yeah, your brain saw a val- of Viagra because you were like, it, could, it couldn't possibly it could be Valium. Valium. Yeah. Surely he's not going to say <laughs> turtle on Valium. The movie drags on like a turtle on Valium, cramming in the period cliches like concession stand like, popcorn. Oh, but concession stand popcorn is, is not a cliche. Pitt strips down to climb a roof, stage a mock fight with Bruce Lee, and prove how much time he spends at the gym. People are fired up about the Bruce Lee ass whooping. I mean, I think that it's obviously a joke. I think there might. He registered his hands as lethal weapons. And I understand. I mean, that's just kind of. I mean, of that's. A, I think that that's apocryphal. Is it? I don't think that that's a real thing that he did. I don't know. I don't think that's a real thing you can do. But I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm going to defer to the lawyers out there. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the joke in the movie. Anybody kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> I think that scene is wonderful. It's I think so it's funny. funny. It's not real. It's you know. I can understand his family not being psyched about it, but his family was not psyched about it. <laughs> no, mm. no, certainly it's, not. Well, I mean, that seems. I mean, I guess I. He's still. It's not like it took away from Mike. His his karate. No, he's still a master uh, of kung fu, but he comes off as a complete prick. So that, I think that's the problem. Oh, yeah, no, I guess I can see that. I guess I can see that, yeah. DiCaprio heads for the spaghetti western scene in uh, Almeria. Al Pacino shows up as an insulting Jewish cliche <laughs> in the form of studio mogul named Marvin Schwartz. I'm not going to argue. I mean, you know, we've discussed. I think he's based on real people. I think he is too, but it's Pacino. He does everything with a little, <laughs> a little too much pepper. <laughs> 
What am I, a Jew in this? Come on, Al. Let's go. Musso! Frank! Come on out here! <laughs> oh, I love it. And the deserted spawn ranch where the Manson gang used to hang out. A battered Bruce Dern plays their host, drunken, half-blind George Spawn. Yeah. That's such a great scene. But he just treats it as just like, oh, it's just another location in the movie. I, I, he's not even looking for something in this movie. No, he's not. Oh, he doesn't like Quentin Tarantino movies. But how do you want to come off like this? He doesn't as somebody like who just doesn't even try to see <laughs> even surface level themes he paid his hard in money. a movie. He paid- He's like, oh, it's just about changing the ending of the story. Yeah. That's not what the movie's I about. I mean, dare I say that at this point in his career, I think Rex might be a little bitter. I think Rex Reed has lost his edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, walk-ons include Brenda Vaccaro, uh, Clue Gulliger, and Kurt Russell. They all seem to be guests at some insider rap party to which the audience is not invited. Oh, you're uh, not invited. Different. I guess this is as it should be, since it is never clear to the viewer what anyone is saying or doing or what <laughs> movie they're in anyway. Rex, man. First of all, somebody invite this guy to a party because he yeah. is number one. He's fired up about it. But number two, gosh, this oh. is like to get a little darker here. Yeah. I'm concerned about Rex's I, aging senses. Yeah. I mean, remember earlier. He Nobody w- can hear a single <laughs> word of dialogue. There's not a single visible Hollywood star. <laughs> I was promised Pitt and DiCaprio. All, all I see are a couple of blurry blondes. <laughs> The point, if there is one, honors the tradition that in movies about making movies, fiction is always more entertaining than truth. No kidding. I don't mind a little artistic license, but making up history to build a nearly three-hour movie around one phony finale, that is not what the movie is built around. (laughs) It's almost Uh, incidental that that happens. That reveals nothing fresh about Hollywood. (laughs) Oh, this is so wrong. Yeah. Is a new definition of wasteful self-indulgence, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we and did because we're, we're reading. reading. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Citizen Critics. So our next segment, Citizen Critics. Yeah. In this case, we found some user reviews on IMDb of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Counter, no, actually not counterpoint to Rex Reed because they all hated it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they probably agree mostly with Rex Reed, but they voice them in new and unique ways. Yeah. These are all one out of 10, I believe. Uh, hooks 31 says... <laughs> There's 30 other U-Hooks. I feel like that's probably enough. You can't to. join IMDb <laughs> in 2019 and expect to get U-Hooks 1. U-Hooks. <laughs> Sorry, what was the title again? Slept for 15 minutes and missed nothing. <laughs> Warning, spoilers. Big fan of many Tarantino flicks. Pulp Fiction is one of my all-time favorites. This? Waste of cash. <laughs> no story, no plot, and hardly any dialogue for Sharon Tate. Uh, hated the Bruce Lee scene and felt it was so disrespectful. Oh, yeah. Pour it out. Manson scene for 30 seconds. <laughs> so you're... I wanted a good look. <laughs> I wanted more Manson so I could be offended like how Bruce Lee was offended. <laughs> uh, only for 10... 30 seconds. Manson not rude in real life. <laughs> All Manson family scenes total up to about 30 or 45 minutes and some of it could have been cut. I'm talking to you, Bruce Dern scene. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the scene can hear you. (laughs) I'm talking to you, Bruce Dern scene. Talking to you, Bruce Dern scene. Don't you look away from me, Bruce Dern scene. Bruce Dern scene! (laughs) (laughs) You look at me right now, Bruce Dern scene! (laughs) I'm going to get a dog and name it Bruce Dern scene. (laughs) Bruce Dern scene! (laughs) Get off of there. Is your dog named Bruce Dernstein? No, Bruce no, Dernstein. Bruce Dernstein. <laughs> it's like a weird Springsteen cover band. Thank you. We're Bruce Dernstein. Scene. 
Um, while Dern was great, that whole thing could have been trimmed down to five minutes easily. <laughs> We're not looking for things to trim. What What is this idea that like it can only be as long as it absolutely uh, needs to be? My time is so valuable. I'm, I have time to write this review. You. Everybody knows going into this movie that it's super long. Yeah. It was famously long. Yeah. I go in there flew by. kicking back, knowing that this is all I'm doing for the next three hours <laughs> is, is immersing myself <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to put two salon paws back patches on and just <laughs> downshift right into it. That smell of menthol. <laughs> I put a turban around my head, some cucumbers on my uh, eyes. I was ready to go. Yeah, I I, uh, I I luxuriate in the length. Yeah, this guy said there is just like movies. Five yeah. minutes. You could have cut that five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I, what five minutes would you cut from the Bruce Dern scene? Bruce Dern scene. <laughs> Get shorter. Talking to you. <laughs> I came home, and do you, do you know what Bruce Dern scene had done? <laughs> What did he get into? <laughs> Five minutes too long. That's what he got into. <laughs> uh, the movie should have been reduced to 90 minutes. <laughs> reduced to 90 yeah. minutes. Okay. <laughs> Even then it would have sucked because there is no tie-in with the characters, really. Yeah, because you, you lopped cut- off 90 minutes <laughs> of it. Cut, you cut a bunch of it. Uh, what a jackass. And it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Way to go, Tarantino. Next time I make a movie that I can edit my own head and have it make sense. Sure, the acting was good, but so what? <laughs> I don't go to the movies to see good acting. It is an overrated aspect of I go to see short movies. <laughs> I didn't care about any of the characters at all. Why not? Why don't you care about the Brad Pitt character? You know, whether you support or, you know, don't support. There's a lot of people not happy with Brad Pitt supposedly harpooning his wife. Yes. Didn't like that element. No. Um, no that, was a char- that was a character flaw. A, that, was a, that was a bit of a character flaw. And that's understandable. Yeah. I cared deeply about Brad Pitt. I cared about this fucking six-pack. <laughs> That has to be painted on. There's no way a man his age could have a. It was genuinely shocking. (laughs) I definitely gasped. I might have gripped my wife's arm. Here's another one. One out of ten. Not worth a single penny. (laughs) Not a one. By Aldrius Petrokas, twenty-one. It's worth a single penny at the very minimum. Not a penny. My rating one out of ten is obviously way too much. <laughs> Obligated by the rating system. It's way too much. <laughs> Never seen such a bad movie. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It's a fully typed out review, but she chooses to write S-R-S-L-Y for seriously. I don't understand. How can such an actors be in this kind of movie? Me and my girlfriend left movie about two hours and 15 minutes after it started. It's Bigfoot giving this review. Some people left like one hour before. Me and my, me and my girlfriend left movie. Me and my girlfriend left movie. <laughs> <laughs> we go. Oh, Frankenstein goes on a date. Some leave like hour before. <laughs> I wish we would left even <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Was this review actually written on a on a cave wall? <laughs> Top two worst seen movies in my life. <laughs> Top one is quote movie forty three quote so bad so so bad. Do not recommend. The unfrozen caveman film critic. Uh, Top two worst seen movies in my Top one, not not number one. The top one movie. This movie's 43. What is that? I think it's like one of those parody Zucker Brothers type movies. Oh, yeah. I think. Those could miss the mark. Uh, Okay, here's another one. Worst movie of the millennium. 2000s. Yes. So this is the worst movie in the last 20 years. And of the next. (laughs) Of the millennium. 980. Okay. The movie is like outer space. There is no matter. Oh, boy. Just hollow, empty story with no point. <laughs> this is thrown this him is, into a spiraling this, depression. This is the this is the digital journal they find on Event Horizon. 
Don't be fooled by all the four <laughs> out of five stars other people have rated the movie. They are too scared to admit they <laughs> the are so stupid to watch a stupid movie and have to show they spent their money and time wisely. <laughs> but you really went out and took a bullet for him and said, I am just this stupid. I wasted my time and money. <laughs> this comes with a postscript. It finishes like this. They're coming. And then static. Uh, <laughs> what happened on this ship? <laughs> We're going to hear from our friends out there on the internet who have left some reviews of things related to the milieu of Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood. If you want to go experience some of the things uh, as seen yeah, in, as depicted uh, once upon a time, yeah, you know, you might be disappointed. <laughs> um, Just a hunch. Here's a review of <laughs> Musso and Frank's Grill, as seen in um, a couple of different scenes. I think. In, yeah. In once yeah, upon that's time. where isn't that where Pacino's character goes to? That's Musso where Pacino Frank's. goes yeah, to yeah. meet them. Yeah. I'm a 75-year-old woman, and I was delighted to find a restaurant older than myself and one that was celebrating its 100th birthday. <laughs> Why is that important? It made me feel good. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> uh, like all I'm the- old, and it made me feel good. <laughs> well, you're older than me. God, it's, it's, it's a restaurant. Buildings last a long time. <laughs> I decided that it would be fun to drop in for one of their famous martinis. Oh, I know. I stopped in today, 10 to 19, (laughs) (laughs) after work, and that's my alibi. So if the police come asking, this is where I was on 10 to 19. You all read it. You are all fact witnesses. (laughs) Drinking heavily. Oh, won't that be a treat? I'll stop. I definitely didn't come in drunk and have to go change my blouse in the bathroom. I left my car behind the restaurant <laughs> in valet parking and went, went down, down the stairs. I don't know what happened to the car once I left it out back. Rodrigo saw it. I know he saw me. He, you can't ask him. He doesn't speak English. You can't ask him. <laughs> so it, whatever happened to my car after that, I don't know. Was, yeah. I assume it was still there. Uh, maybe. Whatever was in the grill was in the grill. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I left the room. No one greeted me and asked me to be seated. So nobody <laughs> so far has actually seen me. No one saw me come into the restaurant. But I definitely went in I was- on 10 to 19 in the after work hours. <laughs> I was there. You, How you know this is this public record. I wrote it down and posted it. It's legally binding. I strolled on oh. and saw a sign that said cocktails. It sounded like she was having a good day. With a left pointed arrow. <laughs> ah, just what I was looking for. Cocktails with a left pointed arrow. Right <laughs> at my belly. Get it in there. <laughs> this is just like a person who's never been to a bar's vision of a bar. Like you clearly have not been there, ma'am. There's a sign, a big fun arrow spinning, and it says cocktails, cocktails. She strolled on in. And it pointed left. (laughs) Just what I was looking for. I got to the room with the bar and discovered that every seat was taken. He asked a waiter to help me. (laughs) Kick someone out. Help me. He asked if I was going to eat dinner. I replied that I wasn't sure yet, but that I had a rough day driving, needed to relax, and have a great martini. That's an admission. (laughs) She definitely hit somebody. Do you have a knife? I got to get something out of the grill and of my I car. And I needed another great martini. <laughs> you have something I can, I got to hack it. I got to hack it out. Uh, you got the, the paw. What do you, what do you call it? The hoof. The, oh, the hoof. Yeah, they're called the hoof. <laughs> I had a rough day with the car. I could really use that martini. It's a sin, Ma. You got to. Um, he curtly informed me that the tables were for dining only. Mm. Many were empty <laughs> since it was barely 5 p.m. Oh, I know. And he said, this is a restaurant. Yeah. That's... I have never been so insulted in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true, but I hope so for you. Greg? I... 
I have never been so insulted. I hope that's the most insulting in thing somebody's ever said to her. All my life. All my life. I just want a martini. I grew up. In an alibi. In places you don't even want to know about. <laughs> I just killed a guy. <laughs> and I've never been so insulted as, oh. as when this guy told me this is a restaurant. Poor Ina. I left immediately and got my car from the valet parking and left. Yeah. She didn't even get her martini. Whereupon I noticed that the front end was demolished. <laughs> it was a <laughs> and had red not scalp. Been that way wedged before under the front right when I wheel. I left it. Ask Rodrigo. I don't think he's legal. <laughs> I had been driving for many hours and really was looking forward to one of their special martinis. Many she keeps calling her special martinis. <laughs> she was jonesing for that martini. Is she a long haul trucker? I don't understand what she I was, does. I was literally shaking. I needed the alcohol so badly. <laughs> driving for hours. <laughs> oh. My daughter tells me I'm describing the DTs. <laughs> Someone should teach their staff how to greet people and make them feel welcome. Oh. Shame on the owners. Shame on the owners. Curse on your family. One star. Well. <laughs> Johnny O says. Oh, hey. Once upon a time in culinary disappointment. Ah, see what oh, I did there. Oh, we tied it see in. I did that. Tied one in. Yeah. <laughs> tied one in. Uh, Johnny O says, tourist trap, riding the hype train of a bygone era. Oh, yeah. If you are a time traveler from 1919, a coked out director <laughs> trying to impress a doe-eyed starlet, or have never dined in a restaurant with professional waiters, then you will love this place. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, first of all, an awesome clientele. Every single one of them. Yeah, I'd love to hang out with those people. <laughs> this was our first time at Musso and Frank's uh -huh. Grill, and I let the restaurant know this. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We've been in business for a hundred years. We <laughs> totally give a shit if you've been here Do before. Do tell Johnny O. <laughs> and that it was our wedding anniversary and uh, uh, when I made the reservation for around 6 p.m. on a Sunday night. I am also a former fine dining sous chef oh. and have eaten at the best and newest Every Los Angeles restaurants. restaurant's favorite customer. Yep. We ordered two Belvedere vodka martinis oh, and onion go. soup. Martinis. We ordered two prime ribs. I believe it's two primes rib. <laughs> one medium rare and one medium end cut for my wife. Oh, they didn't sorry, have. She doesn't like steak. Yeah, one medium end cut. The end cut cooks more, like it's chewier and there's more fat on it, but it gets a little bit more of the sear on it. Gross. Not sear, but it's crunchier. But she doesn't, you know, she doesn't like it raw. <laughs> Let's read. <laughs> The kitchen then sent out the wrong cut served two temperatures above what we ordered. Oh. They send out a well-done bone-in cut prime rib, <laughs> obviously sending out a mistake the kitchen made thinking we were new. Oh, oh, no. To dining out. Yeah, yeah. I am a professionally trained diner, sir. Yeah. Only professionally trained sous chefs <laughs> can tell the difference between way overcooked steak and not. In the wrong cut. <laughs> Little did they know who they were dealing with. Somebody who's oh, eaten before. I didn't realize you were a you were a student of the food. Expert on eating. <laughs> I told them this was our first time dining at Musso and Frank, not our first dining out ever. He's really sensitive about that. Yeah. I've been out. I'm, I go places. Remember before when I obnoxiously told you this is our first time dining at Musso and Frank's? I forgot to add, it's not our first dining out ever. I ate my mediocre, medium rare prime rib because I was buzzed off the yummy martini. <laughs> Light to soak up the booze to drive home. <laughs> this, is, this just got dark. I needed a single to, martini. I needed a. Oh. Throw down that martini and suck up the booze to Honey, drive home. I, I gotta chug the steak just to sober up so we can get home. <laughs> okay. Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> yeah. 6 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> I'm gonna get home. I'm definitely gonna yak tonight. This is not my first time out. Um, the creamer spinach was total garbage. <laughs> you are a sous chef. In a region in France, they call it the creamer spinach. I wouldn't feed it to my dog. <laughs> I, I don't feed my dog. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... And I'm pretty sure that dogs shouldn't be eating heavy cream and spinach. <laughs> the prime rib that was overcooked, they would eat that. Love that. Yeah. The baked potatoes was at least a day old, if not two days old. 
Oh, here we I go. I've worked in kitchens for years, if I hadn't mentioned this before. <laughs> I know. I wish my wife would have sent her steak back. That was the wrong cut and cooked to well done instead of medium. What? I wish she would have stood up for herself. <laughs> She's just constantly getting her ass kicked all over the fucking world. Stood up for fucking us. Fucking grow a pair. I need this to sober up. I am wasted at this point. <laughs> this is a life or death situation. Honey, you are in charge. <laughs> I am whacked. What the hell happened? <laughs> what happened last night? It's <laughs> oh, the worst I woke anniversary. Woke up with a car in the front yard. <laughs> I puked all over myself. Oh. And there's just a pair of burnt steaks in my bed. I was, they were clutching them in my Over fists. Over a single martini. It took me five minutes to loosen my own grip on these burnt ass steaks. The dog's dead from the cream or spinach. <laughs> the dog is bloated belly in the corner, dead. They, they can't eat vegetables. <laughs> our server never asked us how our food was, even after my wife didn't have an uneaten giant bone-in steak boxed up, but sent to the waste bin of history. A waste bin from 1919. Back is not. So it's a callback to the time traveler from 1919. Yeah. He needed to set up the waste bin. <laughs> yeah. That is so stupid. This is the workings of a, the mind of a serial killer. Like, that <laughs> Remember setup is troubling. 1919. It's the time traveler. I guess there are tables, dining rooms, and waiters that people in the know reserve. Maybe uh, that's where the killer service and food is. I thought you said that you were in the know. Ope. Perjury. Inaccuracy. Move for a mistrial. <laughs> to top off the crummy experience, they gave us a happy anniversary wedding card and brownies oh. with a lit candle for free dessert compliments of the house. It was good, but what the fuck is up with the candle? Am I a child? It's not my birthday. <laughs> You have so much misplaced anger. It is unbelievable. <laughs> Here, we made you a, I'm not a child. cake with a candle. Am I a child? <laughs> Excuse me, sir? I am a former I, sous no, chef. <laughs> I said, am I a child? Sir, I don't know. Can you answer my, my question? Am I a child? Uh, yes. It's not my birthday. <laughs> Oh, he was what is so, this? so mad about the candle. What is this? <laughs> Honey, I, I am going to go puke in, in the car. I'll meet you there. As much as I wanted to love it here, the hero, two $50 steaks were total garbage and the chef should hang himself. <laughs> wow, that is. For that's... sending out the wrong cut at the wrong temp. Oh, mistakes happen, sir. Un unbelievable. Should hang himself. This Harry Carey going on in the kitchen. <laughs> this is super angry. <laughs> Joe, Un uh, unbelievable. the guest thought the steak was a little overdone. <sighs> oh, no. oh, no. I'll be right back. Tell my wife I love her. <laughs> I could have gotten a better steak for $20 at any diner. I doubt oh. that. No, I, I doubt that too. Once upon a time in pure disappointment. You know, you can't start. And so the title is Once Upon a Time in a Culinary Disappointment. It's become more pure as his anger, <laughs> as his rage <laughs> has been focused. It is distilled throughout the review. Yes, pure, pure unadulterated disappointment. <laughs> Full frontal Uncut. disappointment. <laughs> disappointment like the driven snow. <laughs> I wonder if they're still married. Okay, rest, this is a review of the El Coyote Mexican Cafe yeah. where Sharon Tate and company famously spent their final night. Um, Dave B. in Los Angeles, California says, this was just recently, 122. Yeah. My fiance has been sick all day long due to uncooked chicken. <laughs> I should not have uh, ordered her the uncooked chicken. <laughs> in, in hindsight, <laughs> the chicken tartare, I thought, <laughs> you don't often see it on a menu, but I guess we'll try it. See what happens. I don't want uh, to get graphic. <laughs> I thank you. But it's, it is not pretty. It is not pretty. <laughs> that thing is like the eye of Sauron. Let me go in. <laughs> I kind of wish he got graphic. <sighs> Do you remember Chet in Weird Science? <laughs> you know, it's amazing how much uh, feces a 120-pound woman can hold. We got a real dumb and dumber situation going on in my bathroom right now. 
<laughs> it's not pretty. It's kind of like putting your finger on the end of the hose. It just sprayed everywhere. We put her in the tub. There was no longer any use no. for her to try and sit on the toilet. No. I called tonight to explain to the manager that he should tell the cook to be more careful. <laughs> That's your message to that the restaurant. The, yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, just a quick tip. Yeah. Uh, tell the cook to be more careful. My <laughs> wife's insides are not anymore. Yes. Not inside. I had to tuck the end of her colon back <laughs> into her anus with my pinky. She's very, I should have taken her to the hospital she, frankly, hours sir, ago. Sir, frankly, she is irate. <laughs> so, you know, pay a little more attention next time. Maybe cook. Maybe cook it. She is livid, not literally, because all the color has dr- drained from her face. <laughs> I have to go by the tub she and is poke actually her. Quite pallid. I have to poke her occasionally <laughs> to make sure she still reacts. Every time I do, uh, the squirted diarrhea comes out. <laughs> it's the only thing keeping her warm at she this is- point. <laughs> And then finally told they would give us a free chicken fajita next time we visited <laughs> their establishment. Hey, you a gambling man? <laughs> uh, hey, Dave B., let me ask you a question. Hey, Are look, you a gambling man? <laughs> Listen, they didn't even offer to pay for the rolls of TP used. <laughs> oh, that is a, it is an amazing thing for that restaurant to be like, Oh, she could sink on the uncooked chicken? Well, come back in for a free come on in. <laughs> come on in. Uh, His wife is like, so what, coyote, you, what chicken did you get out of it? He's like, well, I got free chicken fajita. Coupon? Are you, are you chicken? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> I'm going to go back at that restaurant and eat chicken. Let's go, honey. <laughs> come on, we got a coupon. <laughs> All of my toenails fell off. I was, I was shitting so hard. <laughs> Uh, I lost bone density <laughs> from how from how food poisoned I was. I lost bone mass. Uh, I have early uh, onset osteoporosis free, because of that chicken. You want chicken. me to go back there and get the chicken? I mean. It doesn't get any more amazing than that. <laughs> they could have just been like, well, your next meal is right. on us. <laughs> They're specifically. <laughs> chicken vegan. It was a, <laughs> such a fuck you. That is amazing to me. It's like, what's the cheapest thing? What stuff do we keep around way too long in the fridge? I don't know. Probably the stuff that she's uh, shitting out right uh, now. Sir, hang on a second. <laughs> what do we got that's uncooked? <laughs> what's uncooked still? Uh, sir, you come back in for fajitas? <laughs> really? I should say that to him? Chicken fajitas? I'm sorry, sir. That's the best we can do. <laughs> when he's explaining, You he's can like, take one of the rolls of toilet paper from the, our bathroom when you come in. <laughs> yeah. Just one. Yeah. The guy's explaining what's going on with his wife. He's like, ah, we call that fajita ass. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Oh, you've met the coyote. <laughs> <laughs> we call that meat my coyote. <laughs> Howl at the moon. Excuse me, did you just howl and then turn it into a fart? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I thought I thought I had you on hold. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> you have truly experienced the coyote. Uh. Oh, it's rare. It's rare she comes out when the moon is uh, not yet full. <laughs> you, you are lucky indeed, sir. Your wife will be guests of honor at our, yeah. <laughs> at our next uh, chicken fajita feast. Our- our El Coyote Gold Club. <laughs> uh. <laughs> El Coyote. It's a great honor. <laughs> you are 
You, the, cho- the coyote has chosen you. <laughs> you have been chosen by the coyote. It's like the peyote trip in, in the <laughs> Tours movie. She comes out of the tub a different person. <laughs> and thus share of ownership in El Coyote. <laughs> She's our queen. <laughs> Here we got another one from EVR. Evie. Of the coyote. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to be lucky enough to <laughs> no, no, we don't get find another too authentic coyote. Rarely touched yeah. by the coyote. Yeah, that's the once in a generation by thing. mother By mother coyote. <laughs> <laughs> this one is another tone entirely. Do not support bullies. <laughs> well, yeah. No, okay. I'm, oh, I'm going to read on. <laughs> I think. Still thinking about going to coyote. <laughs> It's not like there aren't hundreds of other Mexican restaurants in L.A. you can go to. Also, true. True. First, if you come here to order, <laughs> quote, what Sharon Tate had for her last meal, end quote, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> I agree. With but that, since I, I take kindly to idiots. <laughs> revealing. Very revealing. Since I speak idiot, as <laughs> you can see through the next writing. But since idiots are my people, I'll tell you a secret fact. Ooh. Your waitress will tell you she ate whatever is the most expensive thing on the menu. <laughs> well, yeah. And you deserve to pay for it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Self-loathing really, is unreal. Really harsh. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, this is what she did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you deserve what you get. You deserve. Because you're ugly and you're not worth anybody loving. This entire review was written in lipstick on her mirror while she was looking at herself. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. You ugly monster. <laughs> oh, what did Sharon Tate You <laughs> Why did you ask that stupid question? Why did you ask it? Now, let me ask you something, fella. You look to be about 19, 20 years old. What did uh, Sharon Tate eat before she was m- murdered Murdered, and her baby cut out of her womb? Clearly, the most remarkable things about the last days of her life were what she ate at El Coyote. Yeah. What did she eat? I know, why did I ask that? You're so stupid. The fajitas. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) And you deserve to pay for it. (laughs) You deserve to pay for it anyway. (laughs) But my real reason for writing this review is that my family has eaten here since the 1960s. Hi, Marjorie. (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's just, is that like somebody in her family that's like, hi, Marjorie. It's like Violet Beauregard (laughs) when she's being interviewed on TV. (laughs) Hi, Marjorie. How are you, beautiful? (laughs) <laughs> Who is she talking to? Oh, hi, Marjorie. hi, Marjorie. I told so. The little backstory: Marjorie's my cousin. <laughs> she knows I'm a prolific yelper. Hi, Marjorie. I'm, I imagine maybe maybe it's a waitress. She reads all my work. <laughs> None of us will be coming back thanks to your. Passive aggressive manager and petty front host oh. who would not lift a finger to help a panicked woman. I don't know if she's still talking to Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie. If Hi, Marjorie was there, it would be a different tone. Hi, Marjorie. Like, None of us will be coming back thanks to your <laughs> passive aggressive manager and petty front host who would not lift a finger to help a panicked who woman. Who's the panicked woman? Hi, Marjorie. <laughs> Marjorie was the panicked woman. <laughs> I lost my purse and simply asked them to look under the table and they refused. <laughs> They're probably like, you you're look sitting at a dining table with a tablecloth and you're like, look under the table. Yeah, yeah. That's I would the be like, trick they the do not pay me enough money. <laughs> I did not just come into town yesterday. <laughs> it's like a real basic instinct look moment, but not in under the, <laughs> the tablecloth. <laughs> we'll remain seated. <laughs> Root around down there. I've got Yelp open on my phone. Are you going to go under the table or not? Ma'am, I don't think. I don't think I want to. My finger is hovering over Look sand. for my purse by feeling around with your hands. Stay under there while I eat. Put this on. Oh, waiter boy, why did you climb under my table? And she's calling them bullies. (laughs) Hey, listen, Grey Gardens. I'm not going to get under that table. I don't. 
It's like the Sarlacc pit. Uh, <laughs> There's no chance I'm disgusting. going in there. They were just lazy. Oh, boy. I'm sure it's a gas for two uneducated men to make oh. a game oh, of scaring a woman that lost her purse. No apologies. Not even a care. Mm. So now she's called this, these people lazy yeah. and uneducated. Well, yeah. Because so, they won't look under the table. I feel like that's just coincidental that it's at a Mexican restaurant. Oh, yeah. I said, if this is how you care about me and my family, we won't come back. The manager yeah. gleefully said, okay, and just hang up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love how she conveys the glee. Yeah, the manager's like, like that's, that's a cell phone lady. <laughs> He's like, uh, tell Marjorie. I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Marjorie. <laughs> um, and just hung up. I was nothing but polite and pleading for their help during these conversations. Bullies. <laughs> bullies. I do not like Bullies. Please stand with me and do not support this place until these men have been dealt with appropriately. <laughs> dealt with? Woof. Yeah. This happened a couple of days ago. I would have written the review sooner, but my dog is in the hospital this weekend. <laughs> and my best friend had a stroke last night and is in the hospital now. What? I'm sure that makes these guys laugh. <laughs> Seems like their type of humor. Thankfully, I found my purse oh, so I can help in- my dog and best friend get the care they need. No thanks to those evil men. Uh, the perch was in the car. <laughs> I, I'd say I hope they burn in hell, but they have no God and their uneducated brains and useless grotesque bodies will just be rotting. <laughs> and yeah, I do feel better now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> she found the purse. Greg, I regret to inform you that we did not do great on our Oscar picks. I mean, speak for one of us did do great. <laughs> well, the picks that we made on mic. Uh, on record. The picks that we made on record. Yes. Were Best Picture. You picked Marriage Story. I did. I picked 1917. My heart wasn't in it. I picked it because I thought I was trying to read the room. Yeah. You specifically said, I think that the voters of <laughs> yeah. the Academy right. are simps. Uh, Hoity-toity. Uh, <laughs> they wanted the hot ripped out. Yes, you definitely cast aspersions. I did. I just didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I didn't know what to pick. <laughs> you were on the spot. I was on the spot. <laughs> it was live. What were the other we choices? We were broadcasting live. You what had was, to make a choice. <laughs> what, was the, what were the other choices? It was Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah, it was the secret of my success. Right, Parasite won. I think I was kind of an underdog. At first foreign language film to win it was Best Picture. A, it wasn't underdog. And underdog. and there's a correction. I I said that it was a Japanese film. It is a South Korean. Film. Oh, you did. I was mistaken. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Which is what happens when you do no research whatsoever. I did a lot of research. I re- I relied on Bing. <laughs> I asked Bing, and I was like, "Hey, Bing, is that is it South Korean or is it Japanese?" <laughs> Uh, best director, we both got this one wrong as well. I almost had it right. Though. You did. You were close to picking mm-hmm. Bong Joon Ho. I was sniffing around. You did, but you bailed for Sam Mendes because I I thought it was the one take, single take Sam. Right, and I did you actually put, you put all your eggs in that basket. I did do a little bit of research today. It was the, he did a lot of long shots. Yes, that he edited together to look like a single shot. Right. So Bong Joon Ho won. Yeah, I, I guessed Scorsese. Yeah, I went right for Scorsese. I was like, "This yeah. is it. This is his year." <laughs> yeah, they love Scorsese. He was very confused by that Eminem performance. He was generally confused <laughs> about the whole thing. <laughs> he really was. He seemed to be. Craig, we have no future in this. I mean, I think I might have a future in it. I, I was. Know, I don't know, man. Those were learned opinions. Your odds are not good. <laughs> Did you watch any of the odds? Did you watch it? I flipped on a, a few, a little bit. Yeah, here and there. It was not compelling to me, really. With no hosts, it just sort of, you know, no Billy Crystal doing or Jack Palance and Billy Crystal sitting on his back and he's doing Thank a one-handed push-up. God, <laughs> I do not need to see. I'm an entertainer. Look any at me. Of the Get Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, no, he's great. He does great in the Tonys. Does yeah. he still do the Tonys? I think. I don't watch those. Me neither. I tried one year because it was like, oh, you know, Patrick Harris is so great. And I was watching it and I was like, I don't understand. I don't want, I don't go to play. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You have no frame of reference. You know, it's completely confusing. 
every few years I'll go to New York and see one of these shows. Oh, is that right? And generally they're not one of those. Generally it's like, you know, <laughs> the crucible. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, stage production. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Tommy Boy, the stage production. I mean, I doubt we'll see it like a Schindler's List musical. <laughs> I just don't feel like it would move. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... It might be a little morose. <laughs> it's a little slog. Somber. But that's it. We, uh... Screwed the pooch a little bit. Fucking failed. A little bit. I mean, I th- I find it helps if you probably see the movies. I don't know about that. I wish that I, ta- I could take back my best picture. <laughs> yeah, you were so close. Well, I that's just... That's gambling. <laughs> that's, what ga- that's the nature of the game. I just... I read it all wrong. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll do better next year. Yeah, I mean, here's hoping. <laughs> Scorsese's next movie, The Frenchman, <laughs> comes out next year. That'll, that'll be a good one. He's going to do The, the Wakandan. <laughs> He's going to finally get into Marvel movies. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would still be starring De Niro, yeah. Pesci. Yeah, it'll be the criminal underbelly. <laughs> Of the uh, of vibranium trade. Like, that's weird. Wakanda looks an awful lot like Brooklyn. <laughs> Greg, that is um, that's yeah. our episode. Yep. Um, is there, are, do you have any parting thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I mean... Or anything else? I feel like I was pretty profound. I'm just worn out at this point. I need a nap. Yeah. Maybe drink some milk. I don't know. We re- you really let loose on Rex Reed. <laughs> I just need, <laughs> I need more calcium. I feel weakened. Well, you go have a big glass of milk and we will talk to you next week. Uh, be sure to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to you every Monday. Leave us a rating and review while you're there. It helps people discover the show. And follow us on Instagram at Citizen Critic Pod. Bye-bye. Citizen Critic comes to you from Double Elvis and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. It was created by Jake, Greg Conley, and me, Scott Janowitz. I also composed and recorded the music, and I engineer and edit the show. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.